Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. It's that little chico pit boomer, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. of Wrestling Sheet Radio. I'm your host, ProWrestlingSheet.com, Editor-in-Chief Ryan Zadden, here with, well, my co-host for today, not my normal co-host, and that's John Roga. He's my normal co-host up, on, on the Raw and SmackDown recap shows. Yeah. Uh, everyone here at Collider is, they're gone. They're for, all at Comic-Con. <laughs> they're all at Comic-Con, and, and uh, behind the curtain stuff here, uh, normally I record this show at like 5, something mm-hmm. like that, like 5 o'clock, when everyone's like kind of already leaving, and Jamie and Eli or Kevin can make their way out here. But there's nothing happening here today. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, Roka, let's just do this. Can you just sit in today? Like, yeah. do this early and get out of here like a normal person. So here we are. Yeah, we're talking about top stories in the world of professional wrestling as usual. I'm recovering from my own at Chris Jericho attack. <laughs> you guys missed. Oh man, only a few people got to see that just now. Yeah. I mean, I only saw the, the aftermath of it, but Roka was <laughs> Roka's recovering right now. From yeah, a man. Serious injury. <laughs> I was on a VR set, walking out on a plank. Well, yeah, he, he had the. 3D glasses on. Yeah. And so, like, he couldn't, yeah, in case anyone didn't get that. Yeah, I was wearing the 3D, oh, I had those, the, the Oculus or whatever, and I'm walking out on this plank, and it's this new thing they're testing out, and you can walk, it certainly feels like you are uh, walking out there off of a building on a plank looking straight down, and you got to pick up this cake. Well, as I was bending down to pick up this cake and trying to find my balance again, uh, Jack was like, step to your right, and it was, my, I have a fear of heights. So the step to my right thing was like, it was so, the VR is so believable. 
soul that it really does put you in that place mentally. And you're like, if I step tomorrow, I'm going to fall down. And apparently it does simulate you falling down. So when I step to my – I happen to just start stepping to my right. McCoug, Josh McCoug comes out of nowhere and just barrels into me on purpose to try to push me and, and have me step to the right. Well, I just – I freaked out completely because my fear of heights thing kicked in. And I, I fell to the concrete I, loudly. I just hear from my distance. I just hear, ah! Like, he's yeah. like, And I'm like, what's going on? I like, look over. <laughs> Roke is like on his back yeah. like a turtle. Like, I'm fucking prone. You know? I'm like, yeah. oh, no. You know, he's like all cut up. Yeah, I'm all Jeans cut up. Got ripped my, up. I'm all bloody over here on my, on my knees and on my elbows. But fucking eh, Makuga. It's man stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Man stuff it is Makuga, sure. but it's also man stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll be. I, I kind of want to try it, but yeah, I'm scared oh, to try it, it now. Real, seeing dog. you and Makuga, the reaction you got, because he he did it right before you walked yeah, in the yeah, room, yeah. and he was terrified of yeah. it uh, as usual. And yeah. Um, yeah, I I thought about doing it, but. I'll be honest with you, the last time I was going to do one in here, because yeah. they love playing VR in here, they have the Collider Games stuff, and yeah. I did one which was very basic of just, like, walking around a house, kind of like a horror kind of thing, where you're, like, putting things together or yeah. whatever, but for some reason, because when you choose, like, to walk in that direction, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it goes fast. It's not real time, so you can, like, choose a spot and, fi- like, fast forward there yeah. almost, yeah. but because it's so realistic... You feel like you're in a world that just fast forward, like you just leapt yeah. so fast. Yeah. And then you're just, I was leaping through like I would do in a video game and all of a sudden I got nauseous. I was like, oh my God, I'm moving too fast in life. That's not how fast <laughs> my body is supposed to react to things, you know, so I get it. That's why, but I'm, I, I might try that later because yeah. you guys, this whole thing uh, got me interested. Okay, the biggest story of the week mm-hmm. was uh, Finn Balor requesting time off from WWE. Now he's involved. Uh, you know, it, this happened after the story yet, but he's now involved in an angle with Bray Wyatt. Uh, but we reported on uh, Monday prior to Raw yeah. that he's going to be taking a little bit of time away starting next month. Uh, that Balor recently asked WWE officials for two months off. Um, it's unclear why exactly, um, but from what I've heard, really, he's just looking to recharge. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, he's kind of been. I, I, he hasn't been used as much as he sh- probably should have been used recently, sure. and um, I don't think there's any kind of like um, unhappiness or anything like that. But yeah, they're giving him some time to recharge. Uh, it was granted, and uh, he's going to be taking some time off in August. A couple things I thought that was interesting about this. One, um, I thought it was interesting because of some of the stuff we've heard about wrestlers not being given time off or having to work 365 right. days a year. Right. You kind of sometimes hear about... Um, well, WWE doesn't treat the performers well, but it kind of seemed, at least maybe since the John Oliver piece, in my mm-hmm. opinion, that they have seemingly been a little more lenient. You've seen wrestlers like Rusev and Lana; yeah. they've been just, they're just off TV and they're they're home, and they they seem like they're being given time off for for a personal reason or whatever. Right, right. Um, now Finn, I think there's been some others as well. So um, I, I feel like this is good that they're doing this kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's so funny because it it sometimes you'll see a wrestler you won't see a wrestler for two months and it's all because they don't have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, how's this different from time off? He could have just like been written off for the next two months for the storylines. Were they planning to use him and he asked for the time off? That's the question. Well, I think the difference is that a lot of times with those kinds of things, they're still working the house shows. Oh, like I you're not see. seeing them on TV, but they're still on good the house show loop. Points. A lot of those guys, Very you good know. Points. Okay, so then this, I agree with you. Then this is actually a really good thing for them to do, and it also kind of takes by taking him out for about a couple of months. You let the storylines kind of play themselves out and see what's happening, and then you see where he might fit in again because that's been the frustrating part with Finn over the last few months over a year I guess is where do you put him where does he belong ever since he got injured for that Universal Championship I don't think he's ever really found his way back 100% consistently have there been spikes where he's hit that that uh, height yes but he's never maintained it consistently and this guy came in with so much fanfare he's got his you know even still when he comes out the audience still goes with him and does that old entrance thing so you're like okay well this is good take him off the air let things breathe a little bit. Maybe he'll figure out how he wants to come back. And maybe the club situation gets a little more uh, uh, established and he rolls in with the club and he comes back and says, you know, like uh, just a whole heel turn. Like, you know, the fans turn on me. I didn't like it. I went home. But think about it. And this is where I belong. Yeah. And, you know, two months off is a decent amount of time. You know, I mean, it is. it's it's a good time to get your head straight and, and kind of get your mind right. You know, if you look at guys who recently had time off, like um, – Sami Zayn, for example, yeah, right. you know his was obviously way longer than two months, but mm-hmm. but he was really able to kind of find himself. It feels almost in, in that time off of yeah. like, you know, 
kind of getting to take yourself out of the bubble for a minute and 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 be home and just be in your thoughts yeah. and and be a part of society again and not just be like constantly on the grind of the go 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 type thing um that we've seen that that it can be helpful for people you know yeah. even uh the guy who braze that that Finn is going to be wrestling against Bray mm-hmm. also much longer time off but yeah. look what it did for him you know look look at that you know he's he really is uh, recharged, yeah. you know, so to speak, and 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 uh, you know, ready for this new gimmick. You know, I think that I also think that you know, it it, it I like that they put Finn Balor in the program with Bray before this time off. Yeah, because I feel like you know, it, it you know, Finn has felt a little directionless, mm-hmm. um, and for. Bray Wyatt to kind of Bray Wyatt needs a big win on, on night one, you know, or I guess not night one, but on his first kind of return match. Yeah, um, he needs a big win, and I do think that beating Finn Balor in a good match um, is a good jumping off point for, for Bray Wyatt, and especially if he puts Finn Balor out of action for a yeah, while, you yeah. know, if he does something so dastardly or or whatever where we don't see from Finn for two months, that's gonna that's gonna help Finn Balor, or it's gonna help uh, Bray Wyatt yeah. in the long run. I agreed, think. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I feel like. Also, I'm kind of glad they didn't do it for the Intercontinental Championship. I feel like, you know, when we were t- I had been talking about it with others, and I thought that maybe, you know, putting a title on Bray Wyatt might be a good way to kick things off to kind of like put the Intercontinental title on him and, and let him go wild or something like that. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, I, just, I, I don't think he needs it. I think that he can rack up tons of wins before finally getting a Universal or WWE Championship title shot, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that also, like you said, with the club, you know, I really do want to see that happen. I know we've talked about it on the recap you a bunch, do. but like this seems to me like the perfect setup for it. Like yeah. loses the Intercontinental title, he loses to Bray Wyatt, he's gone for two months. I, you would think if they're if hopefully they're still doing the club stuff in yeah. two, in two yeah. months after he's gone. Then it would be the perfect setup for him to come back in that way, like you said. Yeah, and I also think it's a good like look. The, it's very real now, this competition in WWE and AEW. It's real. WWE won't admit it, but it's real. And what's a good way to do that? Okay, you've got being the elite on this one side with the Young Bucks and everything like that. But the club, the Bullet Club, the Balor Club, it has got, it has had its time in different federations and uh, people have loved it. So you kind of co-opt, co-opt a little bit of that indie gritty feel to it by bringing the club into the WWE. You know, you've got that mix of the superstar stuff and also the kind of independent feel to it. I think it's a smart move overall. If you're going to compete, you got to show that you can also hang in that dungeon. I think you know this Heyman thing may turn out to be one of the most brilliant moves Vince has done in quite some time uh, because he's going to bring that ECW vibe to it already, and then releasing those ECW uh, matches and stuff. So all of it can work out to get that taste back in the WWE fans' mouth of this kind of harder edge type of of, uh, of wrestling. And so you bring in the club, essentially being a massive heel faction, it would be perfect. Yeah, I agree with you on. In that regard, I think that the Heyman thing could actually be a huge blessing in disguise for yeah. WWE. And you know, you mentioned the new, the old ECW stuff that was uploaded to the network, and it's funny because uh, one of the things they uploaded is the 1992 TV pilot that they shot. That was before Paul Heyman was there. Wow. Because Paul Heyman, I believe, was 93 when he got involved with ECW. Then later that year is when he, like, took over, took over. Right, right, right. So this is, like, what ECW looked like before Paul Heyman. And I watched it today. Yeah. I I skimmed it because it was not good. (laughs) So I skimmed it today. Who's who's in it? Who are the rest? The most interesting part is is Sandman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell me this. All right. Have you ever wondered why the Sandman was named the Sandman? No, most people just be named. Just most people are just named. But it's a random name, wouldn't you it say? Is, sure, but he came out to that song, and at that time, Metallica was huge. So you assumed it was because of the song, right? Yeah, I would think so. I also always <laughs> assumed that it was because of Enter Sandman. Right. I just assumed Enter Sandman. It's his song. I wasn't. I was a kid then. You yeah. were older than me, but like yeah. I just. You know, you the internet wasn't as prevalent back then, right. and so yeah, I I always assumed Enter Sandman. Yeah, I didn't know that it was the name of a, uh, his name prior to Paul Heyman ECW. That was his name in the company, right? And it's because he had a surfer gimmick. Oh, so it's the sand. He's the Sandman. 
surfer gimmick. Yeah, I wish you – if you're not watching on YouTube, oh my God. Roka's face just was disgusted. What? This beloved wrestler, it's not the metal Enter Sandman. It's because he was a surfer. Oh, my God. Sandman. Did he come out with a surfboard? He came out with a surfboard. <sighs> And in a wetsuit oh, that Lord. said "surfs up" on it. Oh, good God! And they just they they build him from South Beach, California. <laughs> what is South Beach? Is, Who even yeah. calls South Beach? I've yeah. never. Heard, I had. I literally googled South Beach, California. <laughs> like I googled it, and it says that Santa Monica is yeah. sometimes referred to, but it's like considered South Beach. I've never heard it called South Beach right. out here. Right. Like South Beach is in Miami. Like that's right. what people say. South Beach, oh, right. Miami. Right, exactly. You never hear South Beach, California. That's True. like the most. <laughs> It's like so random. <laughs> it's oh here wait I'm just gonna, I'll pull it up for you while we're pulling because I, I tweeted the video. The other one, interesting thing is uh, Jimmy Snooker's there. Oh Snooker, he's wearing a do rag. Nice, and uh, he's wearing a do rag, and he eats an apple in this promo. Like he's got a manager, and the manager is like doing is, is talking, and and Snooker's just eating. Wow. Um, oh shit. Snooka's just eating an apple the whole time. Snooka. Yeah, here, here's Sandman's old oh gimmick. Oh, my where he's God. He's, like, in a wetsuit. For those of you who are, who are just listening, it's, like, this... Sandman, and he's in, like, a wetsuit that's, uh, like, all the way down to his oh. belly button, like, opened up, basically. Like, like you never see a surfer in that Dude, outfit, really. Look how small that ring is, too. I know. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, and he's got a surfboard that's hanging from uh, the side of the, is the that turnbuckle. Is Eric Rowan? Is he fighting Eric Rowan? It, it looks like <laughs> it. They called the guy like the Kodiak Bear, I oh, believe the they called bear. him. The Kodiak Bear. I also loved in one of the segments they show uh, there's like this, it ends with like this big, uh, it's, it's Sandman kind of promo. Yeah. About, about someone who interfered in the match. And then the guy comes and attacks, and the, the interviewer's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then the, the Todd Gordon puts his hand in the camera and says, yeah. get out of here, get out of here, you know? And they cut back to the two guys who were doing the, like, the intro and outro yeah. type stuff. And because it's like, you know, it's it's they didn't have iMovie and stuff back then. So you, they cut back to they, – they have, like, an ECW logo that, like, is like a bumper. Yeah. And when the bumper pops up, you just hear, action. Underneath it, and they go, All right, well, that's our show for you, everyone. Cracked me out here. Wait, I'm just gonna see if you can hear. Hold on. Oh, wait, why is my. Oh, wait, hold on. Why is my. Oh, that's why. Of Eastern Champion. Male bonded at its best. Ah, you can hear it. You can hear it. Action. Action. <laughs> Crack me up. But, but, but long-winded uh, reason I brought all that up is because I watched this terrible show. It's not. It was bad. It was really bad. It was not good. Mm. Um, despite having Jimmy Superfly Snooker on the show and whatever uh, before people knew what they know about him now. Um, <laughs> yeah, good point. But uh, it was bad. Yeah. And if Paul Heyman was able to take that piece of crap company and turn it into one of the most influential wrestling promotions in history i have faith that he can turn raw around you know i i enjoy raw you know i enjoy probably more than you do sometimes Mm -hmm. where where i'm pretty uh optimistic about things and uh but still i mean obviously there are things that can be fixed there are things to be changed there are lots of we still nitpick for an hour. So obviously there are things that could be done. You know, we're not sitting there going like, this is the best show. Nothing to describe. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to discuss. You know, so. Here uh, are the results. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I also think that that Paul Heyman, you know, getting a uh, an increased role yeah. on Raw is going to be great. Um, yeah. Okay, so another thing that happened in WWE sphere uh, this week was mm-hmm. Braun Strowman re-signing with WWE. Braun Strowman announced mm-hmm. that he has signed a new four-year contract with WWE. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you follow Braun on Instagram and stuff? Uh, yeah, I do. He cracks me up. He's like, a very funny guy. Very funny guy. I, and this announcement made me laugh because it, it had so many exclamation points. It yeah. said, well, I'm sure more than a few of you will like this announcement, and then just so many exclamation points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like almost ten. Yeah. So many. And here's to four more years of being the hardest working and best big man in the whole damn industry and working for the greatest promotion in the world, the wow. WWE. Wow. Towing that company line. <laughs> oh, Respect. yeah. Uh, I also – he had so many hashtags in of it as did. well. Um, He's got a social media advisor. It's probably <laughs> Becky offhand. 
Did you see that um, that listing for that job by nope. any chance? Were they looking for a social media manager at WWE? Not a social media manager. Okay. It is. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. It is talent brand management department. Oh, okay. So vice president of talent brand management. I, I thought this was interesting. We'll get back to Braun. But I did think this was interesting. It says, WWE is seeking a vice president to run the newly established talent brand management department. Hmm. Talent brand management is a division of WWE that has 360-degree oversight of superstars' individual talent brands and is focused on positioning and growing these individual Hmm. brands both inside and outside WWE platforms. Okay. Oh, shit. Wait, hold on. Interesting. Uh, so I, I didn't tell Kevin and Eli not to come in today. Oh, crap. Uh, you're good. Recording. So 300, uh, 360 degrees. So you, you're constantly making sure. And tr- Are you trying to find them? Here's what it is. Yeah. Uh, there's more. Sorry. I, okay. had to, I feel bad. I didn't want Kevin to be sitting there waiting in his car side if you need to start driving here. Uh, key response. So, so, so the, these people, this person will report directly to Stephanie McMahon mm-hmm. and be part of the brand team. Uh, here's the key responsibilities. Work across the organization, including the executive team and WWE superstars, to establish a clear brand identity for each individual talent brand. Set strategies to grow individual talent brands inside and outside of, outside of WWE's ecosystem. Yeah. Identify and evaluate opportunities for superstars to help grow talent and reach new audiences based on individual talent brand strategies. Manage external agencies, parties representing WWE talent. Uh, ensuring key messaging for both WWE as well as superstars is well represented in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, boring, boring, boring. Uh, Trying to get to the better stuff. Leverage your network to bring in new opportunities for talent uh, and WWE. Partner with different internal departments. Work closely with Paul Heyman. Well, it doesn't say Paul Heyman. Work closely with executive directors for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT to ensure alignment with short and long-term storylines and character viables. Holy shit. That's a lot. Wait a second. Uh-oh. What are you trying to say? Work closely with executive directors for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Mm-hmm. Remember when everyone was making a big deal about Triple H not getting the job that Heyman and Bischoff got? Uh-huh. I wonder if they made him the executive director of NXT. Oh. And that's why it says executive directors for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, or if that's someone else. That makes sense. Would it be Regal? Would it be Regal? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to have to write that one down. <laughs> uh, executive Director of NXT. Question mark. Let's write that down for later. Wow, uh, okay. That could be good. Uh, re- report out on status to Executive Team and Chairman's Office. Encourage best practices and procedures. Blah, 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 blah. But basically, this person's going to help, help things out. Basically, help uh, each wrestler... Be used more. It yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. like out in the public eye, you know, like get them out there, get these people out there. And to me, that's like brilliant. I, yeah. I can't believe they don't already have that. You yeah. know, like the fact and, and the PR department at WWE is great, but I mean the fact that they don't have like individual talent PR person is crazy to me, yeah. in my opinion. You know, like uh, you know, they, I, I mean they're allowed to have their own PR person, which is I feel like every wrestler should, yeah, because. Having a PR person will help you with all these things, mm-hmm. and you're you're in control of it. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's very smart for WWE to have that because they. I have always noticed a lack of like them being in the public eye when they when when wrestling. There are wrestling fans out there in the world like that are in entertainment. Yeah. You know, they'll be pumped about wrestlers, but they're not. They're not pushed enough out yeah. there in other entertainment mediums, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I this is um, I think this is just an ever-changing landscape now. I mean, who ever thought about a PR person for, like, the Nasty Boys? You know I mean? Those days are, like, <laughs> way in the back. So it's like now, you know, it's a very... Uh, very much a social media world. Getting that blue check mark is important. Getting uh, getting seen by brands that want to promote you is important, and you want to work with them to get a little bit of money on the side. I mean, we see uh, uh, Sasha doing that cricket stuff. Sheamus doing that cricket stuff. Wireless, cricket wireless. So you see, there's there's opportunities out there, you know. And in the past, it was just the top guys like Randy Savage and the Slim Jim stuff, or Hogan, what he did. Uh, but you know, with what's going on now, it just makes a lot of sense that. 
the WWE is such, is such a well-known company and the characters are so well-known now that even someone like Mandy can get herself lined up with a product placement. She's got a million followers. Okay, what else can be done here? And there are other wrestlers coming up. How do we build their yep. following up? And, you know, if I'm a wrestler, I'm like, build my following up because if you build my following up, that gives me a little cachet with the WWE to start being in storylines more or getting pushed into into situations where I could be folk, uh, highlighted more. So it all makes sense. Absolutely. You know, with social media, it's helped. Um, it's helped people be able to monetize niche things. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and so you can become huge. You, you know, I'll, I'll find, I'll, I'll come across someone on a social media who's got like four million followers, yeah. and I've never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. But they're killing it. Yeah. You know, like I saw some guy who's hosting the MTV Movie Awards, I think, this year, and I'm okay. like, I have never heard of this person. Yeah. How is this person? How is this person hosting the MTV Movie Awards? Right. My girlfriend and I, we were both sitting there like. I've never had that happen where mm-hmm. I just don't know this person. And I was like, was it a fan contest? Like, I looked it up and I was like, oh, this guy's one of the m- most popular touring comedians yeah, right now. Right. What? Yeah. And I'm like, that's because social media. Like, he's got a following, a very specific following yep. that, 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 that he targets, and he's got millions of followers, and, and he's killing it. And people go. Yeah. People follow, people watch. You people know, go and so, see his stuff. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely think that utilizing. That kind of thing of like, yeah, like you said, making Mandy a bigger deal mm-hmm. in, in, in fitness, you know, making Braun a bigger deal in, I don't know, beard stuff or yeah, strongman sure, shit like he used to be. Yeah. Or, you know, utilizing those platforms to help bring more eyes back into uh-huh. WWE. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think it's brilliant. I, I, think I, an, I think another reason is it, to have someone like this is they also monitor – how the WWE is being presented within these brands as well. I imagine they don't have a lot of people who are like going, hey, uh, Mandy did this, and I'm sure some of these people, or or Sonya or whoever, they did this, um, and they said this about the WWE. Well, I know the WWE is really like, okay, when you say stuff, blah, blah, blah. But once it's out there, you know, so you if you have a PR person who's controlling what you can and can't say, what you can and can't promote, what you can and can't do on these shoots or on these uh, 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 promotions, things, then you lose, uh, you know, you could lose possibly some kind of, uh, uh, there could be some issue going on with the image stuff with WWE. So you want to be monitoring all of it. And certainly I think what they've got now on staff can't do it at the level to which products want to work with these stars. So it's good to have someone there to be able to monitor all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And even come up with a blueprint and game plan for other wrestlers coming down the pike. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, I think you're on the money with that one. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, this could be very good for them. I hope that I hope that, yeah. that they find the right person to 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 help with all of this. Mm-hmm. I also I do want to get back to Braun Strowman a little bit because yeah. I loved his hashtags. <laughs> he said this was the best one. He said uh, hashtag I like million dollar deals. Where's my pen, biatch? I'm signing. Wow. <laughs> That's like a that's a sentence. That's not a hashtag. No. You see, this is where the PR person could come in handy because the PR person would be like, "No, that's not a hashtag." <laughs> um, I'm trying, I thought he had said something about AEW in the comments here too, like that he said they were in competition or something like that. He called them Bush League or something like that. Um, I can't find it though. Bush but, League. But I feel like Bush now League. now yeah. that he's signed though, I mean, yeah. It has to only be a matter of time until he is champion. Oh, absolutely. And because if you read even further down, like this, so I think it's the speculation there is that Heyman wanted him to come back. So if Heyman wants him to come back, wants him to work a program possibly with Lesnar uh, down the road or even Rollins, whatever happens after SummerSlam, this could be a great thing. Yeah. And we've been saying how his push was kind of derailed. And now his push could be come back with Heyman on top of it. And Heyman loves them big dudes. Yep. You know, I mean, he turned Mike Awesome into something. Who saw that coming? And Mike so, Awesome was so awesome. Right, well, there you guy. go. Right, he was. But when he came to the WWE, pew, oh, bah, bah. Yeah. but in WCW, well, wait, was he was he fantastic. In? Was yes. He, he was part of the invasion. Oh, and he was. The fact that you're even asking that is the reason why they well, messed it up. Because I was thinking when he was in WCW and he was the fat chick thriller. Right, right. But that was before the invasion. That was, I think, that was no. before ECW. Was Mike Awesome? Mike Awesome was in the invasion. I was pretty sure he went into the invasion. Look it up. Okay, Mike Awesome. I think you're. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. That mullet. Oh man. Yeah, they messed it all up. And uh, the the late uh, the late. Great God, you're Mike right. Awesome. That is crazy. Yeah. That he's such a forgotten thought to me when yeah. it comes to him his time in WWF. But was oh, I loved him honestly. Yeah. And I, you know, people might disagree with me. Mike Awesome in in uh, ECW 
is maybe one of my favorite wrestlers. He, he was awesome. Yeah, I, I know. We keep. I love. I know, we keep saying great. that. <laughs> to me, he's like he was like the Brian Gage before Brian Gage came along. Yeah, I can see that. He was a bigger dude fighting these uh, smaller guys, and it was he could hang with all of them. If you and make if, it work, if you were to ask me though, like, oh, man, if I could only watch two wrestlers Ooh. wrestling for the rest of my life, it would. Probably be Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Wow, their matches were so good. I always loved them. Yeah, power bombing Crazy through tables stuff. and the the elbow, yeah. the roaring elbow. Oh, I loved all Those of were it. Good yeah, matches. Yeah, I loved it. If, if and also, you know, you mentioned um, Heyman yeah. and 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 Strowman. I feel like you know, for the first time in a little while now, I know that WrestleMania wasn't that long ago. Mm. But we don't really have a clear like. That's something they could be doing at WrestleMania next year yeah. type thing, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Braun Strowman versus Brock done right with the right buildup this time. I agree. And not waste – not like kind of like the lackluster way it was done last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that would be – that could be that could be good. The, Hell, yeah. I, I want to see his rise, yeah. Braun Strowman's rise. You know, I um, – there's a great article I read today. Uh, on Bleacher Report, uh, written by Ryan Dilbert, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's called, it's titled, uh, "Who Are WWE's Next Megastars? Non Wrestling Fans Predict the Future." Ooh. And basically, he did a um, uh, focus group with, <laughs> I think it was around thirty six people. He said, "Okay, oh yeah, here we go." It says the process was as follows: three sets of focus groups, thirty six people in total, sat down and watched a series of WWE highlights. Both the superstars' ring work and mic skills were on display during these clips. The observers offered comments, asked questions, and eventually noted which wrestlers most appealed to them. And then they scored each wrestler's general general appeal out of five. Yeah. From not appealing at all, zero, to extremely appealing, five. Now, this also included NXT wrestlers. Oh. Um, do you want to guess who you think some of the, who the top five were? Sasha Banks. Nope. Um, Adam Cole. Adam Cole actually got a pretty low score. Low score. He was only a two point one. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream was one of the top five. Hell yeah. Velveteen Rico- Dream was second. Ricochet. Uh, well, so before we get to Ricochet, before we get to that, okay, he got Velveteen Dream got a four point one. Hell yeah. Uh, it said, and they said that kids, adults alike, all impressed. He's so much fun. This slide made me laugh and said, I think he has the potential to be the Macklemore of wrestling. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, which I, I, is technically a compliment, but like I know. I laughed at that one. Mm. Um, and so, <laughs> although a lot of the kids found Dream entertaining, they didn't know what to make of him. Not yet. Uh, one fourth grader offered a formula to break up the elements that make up Velveteen Dream. Quote, he's 40% boxer, 40% dancer, and 20% artist. <laughs> um, no, okay, so Ricochet not on the list. Okay. Ricochet was not one that got the top five. Are there five. any women in the top five? There's two, more, there's two women in the top five. <sighs> Shayna Baszler? Nope. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, yeah, is it? Bianca nice. Belair got a 3.7. Okay, okay. Um, she was the second highest woman Did on the list. Did they have Tony Storm on there? She's NXT UK, right? Not that I saw mentioned. Okay, okay. I like that one, it said Katie, who has worked in elementary school students for over half a decade, offered one possible explanation. Oh. Quote, she reminds me of Ariana Grande. She looks like a pop star. <laughs> well, Bianca? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. And then it said a lot of the kids were like very impressed by her being able to like lift women over her head. Yeah. They were asking if she's related to Bronx. Strowman, which Ooh. okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> How about the street profits. They no, nope, okay. not on the list. Okay, all right. Um, there's one girl who there's okay. Who I'm trying to look at the last few. Uh, Bronze. I'll say this: Braun Strowman was on the list. That's okay. why I brought up the list. That makes sense. Braun Strowman was five on the of list. Of course, he, massive. Yeah, uh, three point five rating. Okay, um, says that the kids were just like, whoa, yeah. this guy's awesome. This guy's huge, right. scary. They were all saying larger than life. Um, so we got okay. So we got Braun, yeah, Bianca, yeah, Velveteen Dream, someone else, okay, then Velveteen Dream, and then someone else. Wow, I, and the two I, someone else's are very popular wrestlers. Oh, they're already very popular in wrestlers. WWE main roster. So is Bailey one of them? Bailey actually got a pretty low score too. They what? said they said that she got a two point eight. Wow. Yeah. Jesus, I'm, that was mentioned in the Bianca Belair one. Who am I thinking? Is Becky? Becky, oh, there gosh. you go. Oh, she's already a superstar. Well, I, this is a, this is a, this is, uh, is, is okay, everybody. This is, they just showed them to people who don't know wrestling and said, gotcha. "What do you think to see? Like, who thinks? Who, what do you think of these people to see if like it'll yeah, match up sense. with what's on TV?" Is Seth Rollins uh, in there? Did not make the list. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is number one. What? 
what? That's why I love what? this article. That's, why, that's honestly oh, why I love this article so much. Because I was like, oh man, he's just he went real dirty. Watch wrestling, and they're all like. Roman Reigns. Uh, Becky Lynch got a 3.9. Uh, women were saying she's badass. I would watch wrestling just to watch her. Yeah. It brought up her intensity. Um, Roman Reigns, number one, he got a 4.3. That's out of control. Above Velveteen Dreams, 4.1. Um, was this school in Samoa? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't just kids. It was adults, uh, kids, adults, all all across the wow. gamut. It said... Uh, it's, he scored well with men, women, and kids. Uh, young viewers liking the big dog to Superman. Women debated how he, compa- he compared to Jason Momoa in terms of looks. Um, yeah, true. Uh, a lot of people there said that he, out of everyone they watched, he seemed the most likable. Um, I can see that. And they said he's very real. He's got something. And then after he... He told them about the cancer stuff. Yeah, to the people who yeah. were into the to, to Roman Reigns, and they loved him even more after that. Yeah. So makes sense. I thought that was an interesting. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting article, in my opinion, just because it's like he really did. Like, he, I actually agree with all five of them. Those are the five that yeah, I think yeah. should be the biggest stars in WWE right now. And here's the positive thing: it's a great diverse mix of people. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, Reigns, uh, Becky Lynch. Bianca, Velveteen Dream, and Strowman. So you've got bi- different body types and different uh, people from different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds. That's fantastic. I also think it really shows you that, like, having a, f- a character really does matter. Yeah. You know, Braun Strowman, his character, well, as much as his character's not as defined, he's a big, large, huge dude yeah. that can destroy anything. That's his character. Pretty, pretty simple, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, Becky Lynch. Badass who doesn't take shit from anyone. Hell yeah. Bianca Belair, buff as yeah. hell. Two hip, strong women, yeah. You know, uh, cool, you know, hip person. I like easy, yeah. done, you know. Um, very in tune with like pop culture and stuff. Um, and then, you know, you got Roman Reigns. He's the big dog. He's mm-hmm. like, I think he is a defined character. He's guy who's cancer survivor. Yeah. That, that is, he can overcome so much, he can even overcome cancer, you know. And then you got Velveteen Dream, too, who's like, I don't need to explain that. You know, it's like, he, his He's name the is the Velveteen Dream, for God's sakes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. So uh, I find that funny. No, neither of the champions in terms right? of the male, Kofi or, or uh, Rollins. I know. Interesting. Actually, the article did mention Rollins. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I should pull it back up. It said. Um, it said that a lot. Oh, I don't want to like misquote it, but it's if I recall. <laughs> hold on, I'm pulling it up right here. I'm it, paraphrasing. It said Seth Rollins outdid both Charlotte Flair and Adam Cole with a 3.3. While most were impressed with his athletic ability, he didn't come off as a larger than life for, enough for some. Hanny, who sells specialty hoodies for kids, focused much of her comments on appearance and fashion. Mm. Rollins didn't do well there with her. He seems like a normal guy, she said. Mm. Which he does seem like a normal guy, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you haven't watched his entire arc, he's going to look like a normal guy to yeah, you. He sure. doesn't stand out in any, like, giant way. Yeah. That's why he needs to get that blonde streak back. I loved that blonde streak. That blonde streak was something. I know. It was cool. <laughs> um, all right. This is another one that happened today, actually, right before okay. we started recording, that I was a little surprised by. And that is that StarCast 3, which is taking place uh, in Chicago, you know, the weekend of All Out. Mm-hmm. AEW's All Out. They just made a big announcement today that CM Punk is going to be making an appearance at the convention. Now, obviously, you know, even though that AEW and and StarCast aren't necessarily partners, they're clearly working together. Yeah. And so, you know, the the idea of like, oh, CM Punk is now going to be at a thing affiliated with AEW the weekend of their big event right before TNT. Um it kind of surprised me, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Okay. Well, for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is like, okay, so, like, like, okay, I'm trying to pull up my, mm-hmm. I was texting someone and I felt like I worded it better there when I was texting to them, but, okay. but basically, it was like, oh, here we go. So one, the, the, to me, it brings up two scenarios. One, uh, he's not going to be at all out, right? And if that's the case, promoting that he's going to be at like. An AEW affiliated event mm-hmm. does make, I think, does kind of amp up fan speculation. Sure, and people are like, "Oh, well, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be Stark. He's clearly gonna be it all out." And people are gonna be expecting that. Possibly, so it'll feel like a letdown when he's not there. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, he is gonna be it all out, which is why they were able to make this announcement. And if that's the case, then you've kind of spoiled something cool that was gonna happen at the show, right? So, but that's, you don't know. 
where it's going to happen in the show. So that's True. still in play. Um, I, I think it's genius because, one, who else would you get to troll the WWE better than CM Punk? By booking him, you're in essence tr- taking a shot at the WWE again. It's the sledgehammer on the throne moment uh, all over again. By getting and, and the way it's being pitched, the way the guy said he's like, we're going to give people what they want, which is uh, CM Punk with an open mic, just saying whatever he wants to say. And so people are going to be able to ask him all kinds of questions, he's going to respond honestly. And if he shows up in uh, – then he's going to go and do – we don't know where he's going to show up or if he's not going to show up. I don't think people have – I don't think people have as strong of an expectation of him to come back. Like he's made it very clear that he doesn't want to come back necessarily. So he'll do these things where he's close to the business. Yeah, you but say that, but then he did that, that appearance did not that long ago where he – that right, run in. Right, right. I think he likes wrestling more than he lets on. Yeah, but I think he likes it on his terms. To- totally. Which is, I will come when I want to come, and I will do something when I want to do something. The second you start to at- make me do something, I don't want to do it. That's his natural thing. And that's the thing, that's the thing people like and also hate about CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? It's because he won't just do play the game in a certain way. Still stay the rebel. Lord God, Stone Cold was the rebel the whole time. Uh, and, and not be, he can't walk that line. He's too sensitive about the way it works. Yeah. And so he won't He's stay. like a sensitive badass. He is a sensitive badass, which is not a bad thing. I mean, he's <laughs> an empathetic person. But like but this is but this situation I think is this is how he'll do it. He'll come in when he wants to come, he'll surprise people, do his thing, roll out, and I bet we won't see him for three months. Yeah. I, I mean If I, he does it, I don't anticipate he will. I just I see, and I get what you're saying. Look, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. It's just I think he's going to make an appearance at All Out. Okay. I don't This is obviously just pure speculation. Like right at the end. I, you, just think, man. Like, if they've got TNT. The middle... They've got the thing coming up. Like, you would think. He's huge. I don't care what anyone says. Right. You would think getting CM Punk on that fucking first episode of TNT is priority number one. Sure. Tony Khan has said. The first name he wrote down when he had the idea of making his own pro- his own wrestling company, name one, CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like he's from Chicago, Tony Khan. Like I'm, I just feel like there's too many like things. Matt Jackson and 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 CM Punk. Matt Jackson's the only person in wrestling he's CM Punk has remained friends with yeah. publicly this like whole time. Basically, yeah. I just feel. I just feel like all, everything's there for it, you know? Yeah. And if this is the company that wants to fight WWE, if they're the ones that want to go, like, head-to-head, not head-to-head, but you know what I mean, if they want to, they want to like, go for it, you would think CM Punk would be like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. You are you got the money. You guys are my friends. You got TV. Like, let's do this, you yeah. know? And I don't know that, but, God, you would think that CM Punk still has something in him that wants that wants to, like, Prove something like he's. I feel like he. Ha- I mean, I don't know. I know that like he has nothing to prove. Really, yeah, he's yeah. done what he has to do. But you would just think, God, like if he wanted to help someone come after W. If he wanted to help, this is it. Fight someone yeah. fight WWE because he hates them, and yeah. that is that is one thing he's made very clear. You would think one of the biggest shots that that he could do to help is help AEW, and that's just like when the show end when the show's about to end. Cult of personality hits. CM Punk walks out on the stage with AJ and like sits down Indian style and just cuts the promo that we've all been wanting to hear for the past eight years or you whatever. Just blew my fucking mind. If he comes out with AJ, that's the image I've had in my head this whole time. We haven't seen AJ either. You picture Punk walk out, AJ's skipping around him, and he sits down on the ground Indian style as she's skipping. He wouldn't even need to cut a promo to be honest with you. If they just ended the show with that, with him walking out on the stage and AJ skipping around him. The show would be it, it would it'd be huge. Who's Cody uh, going up against that Ty Dillinger guy? He's yeah, going, Sean Spears. Right, he's going to fight Sean Spears, right? Yeah. If he destroys Sean Spears, and I know they're kind of building, we're going to get to it. Yeah, we'll get that in a second. Yeah, doesn't it make sense? Yeah, totally does. <laughs> Cody and Brandy versus Punk and AJ. Oh God, I didn't even think about that. Especially with the shit talking that Cody already did right uh, on that podcast where he said like, "You're not my locker room leader" or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it's even think perfect. about that. I didn't even think about that. It's such the, a good point. The promos alone between the two ladies and the two dudes, then the, then all four together going promos at each other, it would just be uh, insane. Even the way Chris Jericho talked about uh, CM Punk this week when he was here in the office, I don't know if you heard it. No, no. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. But he, 
Christian asked about it here in this room, yeah. and uh, he basically said, "He said, do we need CM Punk? No. Would it be a giant pop? Yes. <laughs> so just that alone, I feel like man. it was like, mm, he said something positive about CM Punk there, kind of. Like, even if yeah. we don't need him, yeah. to me, that's Jericho working. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just mm-hmm. something in me, something in me makes me feel like he's going to be there in the Starcast thing, just like, yeah. I, I just feel, I don't know. I feel like if anything, they're reverse reverse psychology in us. Like, yeah. They're trying to, oh, oh, they wouldn't have spoiled their surprise. Yeah. I don't know. We'll you had see. a good interaction with Jericho. I did have a good, for, for <laughs> once, I did have a good interaction with Jericho. No, no, I, I, I mean, I just, I, we had bad interactions in the past, so I felt like it was very necessary for me to apologize. Can to him we talk about that? I don't want to get. I didn't okay. do it for content. On I know the show. you did. I'm bringing it up. I know. No one told me to bring it up. I know. I'm saying I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Because I know that wasn't easy. No, but and I, I'm proud of Jericho too for being willing to to kind of have the conversation. It says a lot about men that they're willing to have these conversations, have disagreements, and have conversations. Not a bad thing. No, no, not at all. And I, I was also appreciative of the fact that he yeah. that he was so cool about it. So uh, yeah, cool no, I was that. I. It's eaten away at me for like. Years yeah. now, so I'm I'm happy that we were able to move on from that one. He's uh, a big dude, man. <laughs> he was a big dude. I kind of wanted to pick him up and body slam him just I, to get that feeling. Because <laughs> he's a big dude. I brought up to him when he was here. I said, uh, like after I apologized, I was like, "Hey, great stuff at Fight for the Fallen." Yeah. Uh, fucked up Adam Page, and he was like, "He was like, yeah, it was an accident." I mean, a good accident, but an accident, you know? <laughs> and I was laughing because, man, did you see how yeah. bad – dude, Adam Page got fucked up. Uh, yeah, I watched it. I uh, watched that uh, – bu- was it the behind the, the whatever? The road to whatever? Yeah, yeah. I watched that behind the scenes of it, and then you see him laying down there, and Adam's being all on. He's like, man, I don't want to be stitched up, man. I don't like that shit, blah, blah, blah. But you saw Jared. But, hey, kudos to Adam. He ran right back out there and did his thing. So, you know, with all the stuff that's going on. But I love that Jericho posted a picture of it on Instagram. That's awesome. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I uh, – in the BTE episode where he's like laying on the thing, you know, laying on the medical thing yeah. backstage, um, he definitely seems pretty loopy yeah. in the thing. Like you can see he looks – he's definitely messed up and I mean – you could tell from his face that but he got messed up. But this is part of it. When you're not going to do the WCW or WEW, WWE micromanaged wrestling, you're gonna when you're going in that indie field, mistakes are going to happen. But this is part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. You don't want to hurt anybody, injury seriously. But you got to roll with the part of the game. This is it. Once you've signed on to be part of this kind of a promotion, you're also accepting the occasional mistakes that are kind of coming at your expense physically, and that's part. Of it. And that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And then you know. God, in the in the the road to all out episode, yeah. they show him pulling out the stitches. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, "What are you doing?" When I was my girlfriend and I were both watching it together right before we were going to go get food last night, and because I was writing the Tully Blanchard thing, and yeah. and, and she just, we both were watching, going, "Stop doing that! <laughs> Don't pull that out! There's there for a reason, Adam Page. Yeah. Like, what are you what are you doing, man? Come on!" Yeah. Uh, but it was badass. It was badass. Yeah. I mean, his promo was. The more badass, I, I, I thought it was. They're doing a really good job building up Adam Hell Page. Yeah. They, they are doing a good job of it. And I, and while I don't think he's going to be the first AEW champion, mm-hmm. um, I do think they're doing a great job of like getting him to feel like he'd be worthy of being able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, that that uh, that tearing out of the stitches thing. I was just like, if you haven't seen it. Go see it. Go go watch it. It was gross. It was super gross. Um, and the other thing that was in that episode was uh, the introduction of Tully Blanchard yeah. to uh, All Elite Wrestling. Now, you're an old school wrestling fan. What do you think about this? Yes, look, anytime a horseman shows up at anything, I'm happy. Come on. Tully, Tully looks great. Looks great for a man his age, mm-hmm. walking in, doing his thing. Of course, his daughter carrying on the legacy of the name there, Tessa. But like seeing him be a part of it, I liked that. Now – did I like the way it was staged and Jim was like, okay, just go? No, I'm not the biggest fan. <laughs> I didn't either. And I think that's the problem we have with JR. JR's seen it all, so he's not going to react to it like the way um, uh, Oakland might if he's doing an interview. Okay, right? fair. What's going on, Tully? Why are you? Oh, oh I, I guess we're more, done. I think that's more on the producing than, yeah, the, than, than, the, than you, Jim Ross. I would like to get more out of Jim, yeah. So I blame the uh, – good, that's fine. We can blame the producer, yeah. whatever. You could have like, done another take of that to yes, have a more impactful ending. be like, I don't uh, – we were fin- – Like, right, hey, we were in the middle of something. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, and then have him take it off. But Tully coming in is interesting, and those big beefy hands of his talking into his ear and Ty's ear, uh, and just with that interview, and of course what happened uh, uh, to Cody, 
I am like massively on this Sean Spears situation. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't like him in WWE. I was like, well, yeah, he's another dude. Just like he looks just like Zack Ryder. And he's very things. Adam Rose, Bo yeah, Dallas, Mojo where they have like a the, joke gimmick in NXT right. that didn't work They're on the main the roster. Mm-hmm. But like you give him something here now. Then it's great. And Tully coming in gives him a little more street cred amongst the hardcore fans as well. I think that's genius. So, okay, I, I agree with you in the fact that I do think that this helps build Sean Spears. Because Tully is the forgotten horseman, man. People forget. Tully at times carried that uh, that duo with him and Arn. Mm-hmm. Arn was great, sure. Rick, obviously. And whoever rotating fourth or fifth members were all the time. Yeah. They were great. But damn it, Tully deserves his credit as well. Tully was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's no. Kevin McHale of that team. Absolutely. <laughs> Sports reference lost on oh, the other right. But, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Roka came to me today. Is there anything you'd want to talk about on sports time? And I was like. I don't watch sports. <laughs> I know. I was surprised. It was like I. He was like, "But you watch wrestling." I was like, "Well, yeah, it's different." He but was, he yeah. goes, "I watch sports entertainment." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Are they going to script the basketball <laughs> game that I'm not watching?" Mm, uh, some, have, some have accused him of that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, but I agree with you in in, in that it did. Um, this whole actually, this whole segment did a good job of taking you away from uh, Perfect Ten. And and, yeah. and and instead making him feel like um, a stronger character. Um, I, I I'm I mean obviously there's still more work to be done. Yes, of course. Um, I, I'm still interested to see where it goes forward. I do think it was a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's one of my questions. Um, and I, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it in my head. Is the utilization of guys like Tully Blanchard? Yeah, you know. Um, for lack of a better word, he's you know he's old. You know he's he's an old guy. How dare you? And 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 not to say that old guys can't contribute to things, but I would think that if you're starting a new wrestling company, yeah, I understand that they want to attract some of the lapsed fans. Mm-hmm. So I guess you do need some of the old people for well, that. As long as, as long as they're not wrestling, right? Yeah, I get, okay, fair. That's the thing. So you know sometimes and it, it, look the thing about wrestling is legacy is important. Heritage is important. Generational heritage is important, right? The Rock talks about his grandfather all the time, you know? And so you go, okay, well, you bring in someone like Tully. Tully's generational strength. Tully's generational connections. And so as long as he's not wrestling. Yeah, but 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 but, but are they tying themselves too close to WCW by bringing in a Tully Blanchard to bring in Tony Schiavone that, to bring in okay, all these that, guys that's who are – a separate so, conversation, right? Well, that's kind of what I mean. It's like, I, I it's, agree. It's, it's like to me – the bringing in of Tully Blanchard and Tony Schiavone and 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 doing that kind of stuff to me, you're now bringing yourself too much to WCW. Like you're now trying to be yeah. new WCW, and to me, you're saying you're trying to be the new thing of the thing that failed, brother. If there's been one mistake, in my personal opinion, if there's one mistake, and I know you're not gonna, you're not mentioning the Holy Grail, but I'm going to mention the Holy Grail. To me, if there's been one mistake that they've done here in this AEW launch. It's been bringing in all the old announcers from WCW, and I include Jim Ross in that. You, if you're going to be a new, young, interesting, independent company, I understand tying yourself to the heritage of the old school stuff. But bringing in Shivani or bringing and bringing in Ross to me uh, is Mike uh, Mike Tanay right around the corner too. Like to me, that's a mistake. Get those Madden, uh, Mark Madden. Get those young guys in there who understand the business, who are in their 30s and 40s, who can call matches and bring them to life. that's why, that, that's why Excalibur has shined so much yeah. in his role. Even, even though some people don't like the mask and him doing the mask on cam- commentary, right. I think that he doesn't feel like an old WCW announcer. He feels like something new, something yeah. different. Um, you know, Marvez, as much as like you know, people like him, he is a thing that is part of the old, yeah. in my opinion. I you agree. know, um, not just because of his age, but because some of the things he's done in the past that he's tied mm-hmm. to old stuff in wrestling. You know, so um, yeah. To me, I just don't know. I go, cool, yes. You're going to get some lapsed fans who are going right. to be like, yeah, finally, yeah. Tully Blanchard's back. But I just feel like the money is focusing on the young people, like the 18 to 35 demo. And the 18 to 35 demo doesn't care about Tully Blanchard. But it's also a case-by-case. Case. I think with Tully, it's good because he's part of one of the greatest factions ever. And he's a hardcore. But, the, but you can't talk about the horsemen. But, you can't talk right, about the right. horsemen. But he's still connected to the independent thing that's happening now because of his daughter. There is connection there, right? Okay. If you brought 
Who would you bring in? If I don't know, if you brought Barry Windham in or whatever, like it would just look weird. Or Rotunda, it just looked. Weird. I mean, they brought Glacier in. Yeah, Glacier's weird. <laughs> you know for what me I too. mean? Glacier's weird for me too. So that's the thing too is I'm like you got to pick the right guys. Tully exudes badassery. So you bring even at his age, you bring in a guy like that. Look, they brought in Malenko to help them too, right behind the scenes. So they understand that there's a service that these guys can provide with the fans. As but to me, less is more. Have them in, less is more in that way but not every WCW needs person needs to come back Tully's a nice choice he's, he's old school Georgia championship WCW I like stuff. Tully I like yeah. Tully Tony Schiavone Tony Schiavone was weird to me yeah I was like when I saw him on the road to thing I was like this is too much I've like never, yeah and I've never been the biggest Schiavone fan I, he does great work I just never been the biggest fan, and it doesn't give me credibility yeah, to have Shivani. Di- I never disliked Shivani, mm-hmm. but I agree with you in what you it's just said at the end. I don't think he brings any extra credibility to the show. Nope. If anything, all he does is remind you of WCW, right? Like Jim and Ross, at failed. least, and then it failed. You know, Jim Ross at least was part of the winner. He sure. had a winning team, and you're like. He was the voice of our childhood. Right. That's where he made his bones. That's where he made his bones. Like, yeah, yeah. And he was in both companies. Yeah, so you yes. go like, you don't go like, oh, that's WCW Jim Ross. Right. He's got the hat on. He's, he's good old JR. It's different, you know? Right, right. Um, but t- yeah, Tony Schiavone was a little, I, and maybe it's because I don't listen to his podcast like others have, and he hasn't had this rebirth mm. to me. But yeah, I just, I thought that was a little, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, at a certain point, you got to bring young people in too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young Latino people too, <laughs> like me. Like for example, I thought bringing it and you, you know, I thought bringing Jen Decker was great. Jen is great. She was great. Jen brings life, spirit, youth, yes. and excitement, and knows the business. Yes. So when she's back there, she's playing along with what they've done, and it makes sense to me to bring her into this situation, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Now she's got to bridge the gap for you over there. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Jen. <laughs> I could call it. Well, hey, she. Match. You know, if the trajectory goes, you know, she did. We did the post uh, double or nothing show together. Yeah, you did. And then she got. It seems like national. So hey, hey, get me on the post something. <laughs> for God's sakes. Uh, real quick, where can people find you at on oh, the internet? Uh, you can always find me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram, and of course, doing our uh, Raw and SmackDown Live recaps on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays here at Collider. And if you don't mind. I've got a sports t- channel as well for those of you who actually watch sports and not just sports entertainment. Collider Sports Time uh, is there. It's a, it's a sports channel, Collider Sports Channel. It's on the Collider Sports Channel. I just interviewed for you country music fans, Justin Moore. Justin Moore came on. He's got 1.2 million followers, got seven number one hits. He came Damn. on to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the uh, the Atlanta Braves, and the Arkansas Razorbacks, who's a, who he's a massive fan of. So great conversation about sports with that guy and his music. So if you want, give it some love. Awesome. Yeah. You've got two other podcasts too, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got the Go t- ahead. We here? Time? here? Uh, yeah, all I, over. I, I, you co- every, I do. You tell the world all your fucking fine. podcasts at, at are, Roka. Colli- on the Collider Conversations feed, which is a separate feed where we put our interviews on, I in, I'm uh, doing a show called The Deep Cut. I've had Ryan on. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, that's part one because there's a part two that we definitely need to get back into once we get him back in the studio. We had a great conversation about how Ryan built the pro wrestling sheet, what motivated him to get into this business and how he found himself in this place and what he overcame to get there and how he pushed to get there and also also, the responsibility he feels a little bit about the outrage on uh, social media and what he's doing to change. So it's a great conversation with Ryan. Uh, I also talked to the director of Apollo 11, uh, the director of the new Mike Wallace documentary. I know I'm dating myself in that way, but good stuff. And the, <laughs> the lead of yesterday. Uh, the other ones I do outside of Collider, the top ten. Well, you interviewed the lead actor in yesterday, too? In yesterday, yeah. Oh, Himish, cool. Himish Patel. I interviewed awesome. him. He was great. Um, uh, and then outside of that, I have two podcasts called The Top Ten uh, and The Cinephiles. We break down movies. The top 10 is the one you guys are going to love the most. I think me and Matt Nost having a have a little bit of fun. And then I've got another one that I've been doing called The Geek Buddies, which we're building up piece by piece. So I'm always working, son. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's always working. If you think Roka's just talking about wrestling with me in here, he's not. He's talking about <laughs> no. so many things. He's got a Truth. lot of opinions on lots of things. Yeah, he's a great, so. he's a great follow. Thanks, uh, hopefully he doesn't have to go to the ER after this yeah, from right? that 3D fall. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming thank here, you, Roka. And yeah, you can find everything we're doing here at Wrestling Sheet, at Wrestling Sheet on social media, ProWrestlingSheet.com. YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. That's where you can find the video of all the audio content that we do here. Uh, you can also find the audio of all the audio content that we do here <laughs> on our podcast feed. Just search all the major podcast platforms for Wrestling Sheet Radio. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out. Until next time, stay out of the dirt. Keep your eye on the sheet.
Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.